Amen. Glory be to God. Ha <laughs> ha. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, I have a message with four titles. Four titles. Uh, and I'm going to pick the one that just landed. And it's uh, Love is the Conquest. Love is the Conquest. Love is the Conquest. And uh, we started uh, two weeks ago. We had been building up into this moment, looking over the many weeks into the grandest of all the messages of the body of Christ, and that is the love of God, that God is love, God is light, God is love. And we so often relate to God as light, and um, not as often do we meditate that God is love, which then means love is light. And so we know the power of light. When light is on, there is no darkness. So when love is on, there is no darkness. So love is the conquest. That's the title of the message. Two weeks ago, the Lord gave me the title of the dominion of the love of God. And there we looked at Ephesians 1.19, the four powers were really a demonstration of the love of God, that the love of God demonstrated himself to us through the sending of the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who died uh, a brutal death. He, he paid for the sins of humanity. He took on the unrighteousness of the fallen nature of man and became a curse. He became a sin so that now we can be liberated to be through believing of what he has done for us, that we can be liberated into becoming the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is, this week I was meditating on the righteousness of God that we have now in the Lord Jesus Christ through that finished work that he completed, that work of salvation, that really what what does it boil down to? The righteousness of God, it's being right in the face with the Father again. That just as before the foundations of the world, Jesus was face to face with the Father. He was the living expression of God. He was the, the logos of God. He was all that God is, the very image of God. And, and he was face to face with the Father. Well, now we've been made right to be right in the face of God. So we have the same right standing through the blood of Jesus. And that is because love is the conquest. And during the worship moment here that we had, the Lord spoke to me that God came to rescue the heart of man from hatred. That God came to rescue the heart of man from hatred. The hatred is the heavy sentence of toil where it is never good enough, never adequate enough, never sufficient enough. And so toil is a hatred sentence. So to say, it's the very opposite of love because toil requires a work to get to attain to something, whereas love has already attained everything there's attained to and just receives now. And so the Lord spoke to me. God came to rescue the heart of man from hatred, the heavy system of toil, oppression. That when Adam willfully and knowingly disobeyed the loving word of God, that love had provided, love had provided for him everything in that garden. Love had provided even a companion that he did not see fit before she came out of his side. There was no one found fit for Adam. And God, out of his love, put Adam in a sleep and took Eve out of him to be flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, to be fitly joined together with him, to have a oneness with him as they had a oneness with their heavenly father. And when Adam and Eve willfully disobeyed the love of God, they chose hatred. They chose a system of oppression that was from the wicked one because they submitted to it. And that was to live by the sweat of the brow and the pain of fruit producing. But love came to rescue us 
from the sweat of the brow and the pain in child labor, the pain in producing food. How painful it is at the end of the day, you've worked all day long and you sense that pain of having tried to produce another paycheck. And there is a place in God through a revelation of the love of God that we can attain to and be rescued from that mental state of exhaustion to liberations of the sons of God. That yes, we do work. Yes, we do find ourselves to be workers of God approved by Him to give a reason for that which we believe in season and out of season and to be a love expression of God into the places that He has placed us to work at, to do that which He has called us to do. And yet it is not a toil on our shoulders, but it's a work unto the Father. It is a submission to the will of God to be a light on that site, to be a light on that job placement, to be a light. And when we recognize that we are loved by God and we are now on a mission to bring forth a liberation from this system of oppression, then there is an ease. A grace is given to us to enable us to now work the work of faith, which is from a place of believing. I'm called to be here and grace is given to me. And so love is the conquest. If we go to, um, well, before we go to First John, as a recap, we spoke on the dominion of the love of God and looked at the four power words in Ephesians 1.19 that reflected uh, the love of God that, 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 that he demonstrated to us through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God uh, states that as he was raised with him together, we were raised and now we're seated in the same heavenly place where the Lord Jesus Christ is. So our spirit and are, are, are fully aware of this divine reality. And so the teaching of the word of God is that we renew our mind to this divine reality, that when we walk earth, that we are mindful that we are heavenly beings, that we are mindful that we have been rescued from that which is oppression on earth, to be mindful that we actually are an answer dispatched from heaven to liberate the, the, the heavy loads that we know the wicked one has placed because the whole earth is in the sway of the wicked one. And so then the next week we went to the love of God and, and uh, we recognized that without a revelation of the love of God, we can't walk in dominion. Because if I do not know I'm loved, struggle is perpetual. So I'll be always attaining to that. Toya will be working in my mind. What? How do I do the works of God? Just like the disciples asked, what are the works... What are the works that we're to do for God? What can I do for God to earn toil mentality, to earn a benevolent paycheck at the end of the day to know I'm loved by God? What do I do to appease a heavy conscience when the word says that the blood has already cleansed our conscience? So oftentimes in, within our circles, even within the body of Christ, there's a lack of revelation of this completed finished work that it is done and the toil to earn the love of God is abolished and really there's nothing that we can do to ever earn the love of God there's nothing we can do keeping in mind God is love for me to earn God God is beyond earnability <laughs> there's nothing that we can do to please a heavenly pure entity out of the work of my outer man, outside of belief. This is the work. It is to believe on him and the one he said, Jesus said in the book of John. And so the work of faith is a work of a movement from my heart towards God to recognize I am accepted and beloved through the son whom he loved and that now I am free to do that which he tells me to do. And so we've been meditating Galatians 5 and Galatians 6 that in, in this walk on earth as Christians, the only thing that avails for the kingdom of God and that produces fruit that endures, produces fruit that endures is this new creation man that 
walks in faith, lives in faith, and functions through love, functions through the God ability, because God is love. We can't function and live in faith independent of the one who's placed this divine persuasion in us. He's placed his own self within us. When we became born again, he took residence inside of us. And so now love lives in me. And now love propels me and moves me to do that which he's called me to do. Above all, to believe on him. Above all, to lay down my life because love always looks like a laying down of life. In now we can go to the word in 1 John 3, 16. What does love look like? By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Love always looks like a laying down of one's life. And so we recognize that when we reckon ourselves dead to the world, because through the cross, the world has been crucified to us and us to the world, we are laying down our lives to pick up the Christ life, to pick up this life of resurrection, which has already actually has picked us up into a place that's far above what we can even perceive with our human mind. And so we are constantly abiding in this word to renew our senses as to where we are functioning from and who truly is functioning in us. Um, and uh, I wanted to read something in the Passion Translation. First John. We'll be a lot in First John today. First John 2, 1, 1. You are my dear children, and I write, this is John writing. You are my dear children, and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we continually have a forgiving Redeemer. We continually have a forgiving Redeemer. His forgiveness raised me up. His forgiveness has set me free. We continually have a forgiving Redeemer who is face to face with the Father. And we are now in Him face to face with the Father. And I so love uh, the Passion Translation of, of the book of John Chapter 1, the beginning especially, in the very beginning, the living expression was already there. That is Jesus himself, the very expression of the Father. And the living expression was with God. The Word, the Logos, was with God, yet fully God. This Word is fully God. This word is fully God and it is only through this word do we have any conquest on earth because what has overcome the world, it's even our faith, faith that works through love. And that's why God gave the title, love is the conquest because without the revelation of the love of God, our faith is inoperable. It's stagnant. It's paralyzed. Because we revert to our old man and of the flesh we can do nothing. Our flesh is in total opposition to the spirit of God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existed apart from him. Life came into being because of him. Because of the word, because of the one that was face to face with the father, life came into being for his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that is referring to Jesus is the light that burst through gloom. The light that darkness could not diminish. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, we recognize ourselves after the Christ man. Do we are now light into this world because we are now of him. And this divine light that resides within us as we enable the light to communicate, which is truly the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, 
Darkness cannot comprehend us. Hatred has nothing on us. We are of opposite sides. It doesn't touch. Light and darkness do not touch. Darkness frees, flees from light. 14. And so the living expression, who I can say, is love. Because God so loved that he sent his son, the very reflection of himself. And so the living expression became a man. Love became a man and lived among us. And we gazed upon the splendor of his glory. The glory of the one and only. Oh, we gazed upon the splendor of his glory. This is John writing. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth, overflowing with love. Love is truth. Overflowing with tender mercies. If I read John's opening here in the book of First John, we saw him with our very own eyes, John writes, regarding this living expression, which is the word of God, the very love of God. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him. Our hands touched love. Oh, the one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God, the life giver was made visible. Love was made visible. And we have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father. And where he is, we are. And has now dawned upon us. So we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard about this life giver. Because John was his disciple. He walked right alongside this living divine expression of the love of God. No wonder when he was by love, Jesus, when John was by love, who is Jesus, he reclined. He leaned on love. In the presence of love, you know your love. And, and that's the one testimony that, that John gave of himself, the one disciple that Jesus loved. Because when you have a revelation of who he is, you know you're loved. It silences all struggle in your mind. When you know God, that God is love, you know you're loved. I don't need to fight to be loved more by God. I don't need to earn this whole toil system of earning another well done, good and faithful servant. I'm earning a well done no, the well done is pronounced in Christ already. And when we walk this Christ life, laying down our lives for another, we will hear, it's a guarantee, well done. Because that's spoken to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the body of Christ. So we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly, our fellowship is with the Father. This is John writing now. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. Glory be to God. Our fellowship is in love. Our fellowship is in love. First John 1, let's see, 5. We just finished uh, just right before that. So we continue this New King James Version. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. John also writes in the same book in chapter 4 in verse 8, God is love. And just a little further down in verse 16, God is love. Well, God is light. And there's no division of his light, uh, 20%, love, 30%, justice, I don't know, 12%. You just add and you chunk it up. I remember my son, my firstborn, uh, we have a bit of a neat background in terms of uh, family lineage. And, uh, 
And so one day when he would have been maybe three years old, he asked me, so which part of me is German? Is my arm German? And which part of me is Bulgarian? Is my leg Bulgarian? And, and so sometimes we, we, we really compartmentalize, compartmentalize, yes, put God in little compartments that he is so much this and so much that. And I really don't know which part I'm going to get any given time. God is love. God is light. God is truth. God is justice. God is holiness. All of it. You pick the word. All of it is God. He is one. Love looks like justice. Love looks like truth. Light looks like love. Justice looks like light. Love looks like justice. He brought justice to earth when he sent his son. He made a reckoning, put an end to that wicked, wicked one that had stolen his man. He went down to Peter Hell for three days, Jesus, and plundered every legal right that Adam gave him. Every name that Adam gave him. The power to name. Satan does not have a power to name you anymore. God has named you. My son, my daughter, my beloved. Love names. Truth calls out. And that's why John says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So when we talk about love being conquest, in love there is no darkness. The wicked one represents darkness, but in love there is no darkness. In light, there is no darkness. Ephesians comes to mind. Ephesians 4, uh, 5, sorry, 5, 8. You were once darkness, but now you are light. You, we were once when we were not born again as unregenerated men. We were, we were darkness. Before our new birth, before we came to know the love of God. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Here in, in the beginning of that chapter 5, Paul writes, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. In, in 5.2 he says, walk in love. In 8, in 5.8 he says, walk as children of light. There's no distinction between love and light. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And so if you go back to 1 John, 1 John Let's start from 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, or if we walk in love, if we be imitators as dear children of our heavenly father who is love, if we walk in love, if we walk in light, in the revelation of light, in the revelation of love, not in the dogmatism of a carnal understanding of, yes, okay, God is love. So what does that mean to me? It is a revelation from the Holy Ghost where it always comes up with, God loves me. The revelation of the love of God always comes with, God loves me. We don't even, our mind can't even touch that. It's such a deep knowing of knowing I'm loved. Even though at times the mind might want to, condemn or bring forth an accusation, this divine revelation of the love of God silences all of it. And it is love that brings down every accusation. It is the very love of God that brings into subjection every idle thought, every inoperable thought, every thought that is of condemnation that tells you you're not loved. To earn God's love, you got to do something more for God. But the revelation of the love of God knows I am already loved. And propels you into a movement. That's the ultimate freedom to know I am loved. 
There's no shrinking back in I'm loved. There's a running of a course in where I'm loved. It propels you. It moves you. It excites me. It thrills me. It, it is a pure joy. And that's why a John in 1 John writes, I write these things to you that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full to know that you are loved. And so if we walk in the light, verse 7, 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Our fellowship is in light. Our fellowship is in, in love. We know that in Ephesians 1, 4, that he, he chose us before the foundation of the world to be before him in love. Our fellowship is in love. And love is light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, which is the blood of his love covenant. The cup of this New Testament is love, blood. Love, blood. Poured out to cleanse hatred off of us. To cleanse wrathful ways. Blood of love shed for us. To give me a consciousness of I am love. So I can now come through this brand new and living way into the very presence of God and cry, Abba, Father. Oh, glory to God. Through the blood of Christ. Through a love walk that he did for us. He carried that cross. And where that cross was carried, blood bled for me. That I can too now walk the path of the crucified Christ. For that revelation that I am loved. I am loved. In him I'm loved. By him I'm loved. Through him I'm loved. And through him, I love others. The blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Glory be to God. If you go chapter 3 here. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. That we should be called children of God. That's the ultimate demonstration of the love of God. To be called a child. That he be our father. That he has begotten us again through a new and living hope. That he's become a father to us. So he can shepherd us now. So he can guide and protect us now. Verse 2, beloved, now we are Children of God. How beautiful that is to me. Now we are children of God. And because we are his children, we abide in him. Here, if we go back to uh, chapter 2, verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And we know those are love commandments. To love one another as he has loved us. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a lie and the truth is not found in him. Because he's not walking in love. He's not partaking of love, which is truth. If you don't partake of love, you're not partaking of truth. The way you partake of truth is by partaking of his love. But whoever keeps his word, that word keeps his terrors, I believe, and it's to guard to watch over his word. Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. What a liberty. What, this is not a condemning. You better walk like he walked. No, no. When you have the revelation of the love of God, you're partaking of truth. And you are now walking the Christ walk to walk just as he walked. How often we've read that verse, you better walk this way. No, he's saying through the revelation as a partaker of the divine nature that you now have in Christ uh, to do the commandments of God, to, 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 to be a doer of the word, not to self-deceive yourself by just being a mere hearer. One more message. Give me one more message. I'm not fully present. One more message. I need one more message. Well, it's time we start walking out that which we know that we are loved. So we can 
Walk just as he walked. To walk just as he walked. In power and dominion. Here, there's, there's a real powerful one in, in chapter 2 of the same book, 24. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Well, this sounds familiar. Doesn't it sound like John 15? Whatever you heard from the beginning, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. If we go to John 15, 15, 4. Well, verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. This is the divine production. This is the uh, curse removal of no longer childbearing through pain, of working through the sweat of your brow. Is the abiding in him. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, neither can you, neither can you, neither can you, neither can you. No matter how hard you work, if you're not abiding it out of that revelation of the love of God and you're now walking out of a new creation, man, that only avails for God that works through love, we cannot avail anything. Of myself, I can do nothing. And how hard we've tried to disprove that statement. Truly, there's something I can do of myself for God. And so we're coming against truth. Because why? We refuse to partake of love. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It's not a willful refusal, I have to say. It's oftentimes it's a lack of spending time in the Word of God. A lack of your mind being renewed to the love of God. So it's not like willfully often we do these things, which is so unfortunate. But it's ignorance. And that's no excuse for that either. Because we have the word. We all can read John 15. We all can read 1 John. And meditate. And meditate. Mull it over. Think about it. Think about it. Talk to your friends about it. God loves me. God loves me. No, don't go meet with your buddies over today. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. It's going to be real tough now. God loves me. The way to minister edification in our conversations. Grace to the hearers. And so, verse 5 in chapter 15 of John I am the vine. You are the branches. I am the vine. You're the branches. You just stay put in me. Just stay put. Put on the new man. He who abides in me and I in him. He who abides. If we allow this word that we heard in the beginning to abide to the very end, not to lose our confidence. We will bear much fruit for his kingdom. I'm the vine, verse 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Oftentimes if something is withering in my own personal life, I, I come back here. I come back here. More revelation of the love of God. Stay put, Desi. Stay in his love. Stay in his love. He loves you, Desi. He's got you. He loves you. Stay put. Just don't go chasing rainbows. Waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls now. You got a waterfall right here. <laughs> Yeah, for there to be no withering, there's a revelation of the love of God, like a tree planted by the streams of water, which whose leaves are will not wither, will not wither. 
but produces in season out of season. Because that's the stream of the love of God that we're planted in. So we don't have to be cast out as a branch and withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they're burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Again, back to the reality of this divine word. Without the daily meditation, our lives will wither. This word keeps us fresh. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Goes back to dominion that we spoke of. To be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, and to fill the earth. This is how, this is how we give glory to God. Walking this divine revelation of the love of God. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. You see, so up until now it was abide in me, let the word abide in you. And now he's coming to the core of what this abiding is in now. It is in love. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, which was to do His will, and abide in His love. And He says again, John writes the words of Jesus here, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. When we abide in the love of God, our joy is full. Oftentimes, a lack of joy is because of lack of revelation. There's a withering going on. Lack of revelation of I am loved. So without abiding in love, we cannot bear any fruit for the kingdom of God. Isn't that profound? Without a revelation of I am loved, or a diminished revelation of I am love, will resort to the works of the flesh, which will be burned up. And that's why he says it's going to be cut off. That branch is going to be cut off, the one that's withered, and be thrown in the fire. Because that's that will be done out of flesh. I read, um, might have been the Passion Translator, Writing in the book of John is the full word that in the book of John alone, there was a hundred references to believe. That the word believe was used a hundred times in the book of John. I wonder why. Because <laughs> it's a revelation of the love of God. When you know you're loved, you believe. Faith works through love. Love is the birthplace of faith. That's why they couldn't kill John. And we read the account, I went back and we read the account of him being thrown in, in the boiling pot of oil and they, 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 in a stadium full of people to kill John. He walked out. He, they couldn't kill him. And so the whole stadium got converted. They couldn't kill him, so they put him on the island of Patmos. That's what a revelation of the love of God is. God is light. Darkness can't touch you. There's no darkness in light. There's no darkness in love. When Jesus said, Satan has nothing on me, <laughs> can't touch me. No one took my life from me. I laid my life down. Love. The love of God. Not more, how can I do for God? Not more, what can I do for another to earn the love of God? No, 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 no. Allow the word of truth to, to build a persuasion within you that you are loved. Allow the word of God to communicate the truth of the word of God. That this word, is, it's no, there's no condemnation in this word. This is pure liberty of thought. This is the very mind of Christ. That you walk on the water. Or the dry bed of the Red Sea. Because things will part for you. When you walk in love, darkness flees. Flees. Just put your foot. Flees. That's where love 
is the conquest. Love is the victory. Faith working through love is the victory that has overcome the world and everything that's in the world because it's pure light. Pure light has overcome darkness. I know. I know. It's such an exciting message. And yet, uh, it can sound so simplistic in nature because you can hit the mental faculties of the very many messages we've heard up until now, which there, there is a lot of merit in that. But it's almost like you can check off, okay, I know that. But if there's any withering in your life, it's because here in the words of Jesus in John 15, not abiding in love. There's a lack of revelation of the love of God. And all of us can grow more in the revelation of the love of God. And I, I, I believe this is my pursuit. And that's what the Paul says in, um, first Corinthians. Right. Yeah. Right after chapter 13 about love, the love chapter, first Corinthians 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue love. Pursue love. Some translations say, eagerly pursue love. Others actually write, follow after love. Where else have we heard, follow me? Where else have we heard, follow me? Follow after love. Jesus said, follow me. Pick up your cross. And that's what the Lord spoke to me last week for the message for, for last week was, Pick up your cross and follow me. And he requalified re it. He, he added statements to what that really looked like to walk out. It's pick up the crucified life, which is, which is the Christ life. Pick up the life of love and follow the, the lead of the spirit. Follow love. Follow him. Let's go back to first John. There's a lot in first John. I haven't even, I barely touched first John. There's so much more there. The end time of a God is revelation of the love of God. That's how the sons of God arise. The sons of God arise with the confidence of their loved. That's the ultimate unveiling is the very nature of Christ within us, which is the nature of love. And it's only by this will they know us that we are his disciples. The way love is demonstrated in us and through us. Let's go to chapter 4. Verse 13, again, regarding the abiding. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. The Holy Ghost is the guarantee that we are loved. The Holy Spirit is the assurance that I'm loved by my Father. And it's only through the Holy Spirit can I cry out, Abba, Father, which is the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship that has been given to me to release and to bring the revelation of the love of God as the forefront of all that I know. Because it just across the page here in, in three chapter 3, verse 24, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given to us. In chapter 5, 6, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And this is it. And it is the Spirit who bears witness. It is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. What is the witness that he's bearing? That we're children of God, that we're loved by God. So if you go back to John 4, 14, right after where he said, for this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So 14, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him because you're recognizing God loves me. Why did God send his Son to die for us? Because he loves us. So as I confess that Jesus is the Son of God who came into the world to demonstrate the love of God, to, to pluck me out of, out of this, this system of darkness I was a, a slave to, with no remedy to come out of it, without the supernatural snatching out through revelation of the love of God.
God abides in him and he in God. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known and we have believed. I love that. Not just to know, but to believe. And there is a oneness in that knowing and believing. And it sounds like I'm loved. It sounds like I'm loved. It sounds like I'm loved. Right, right when I majorly tripped up, I'm loved. Doesn't mean I, 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 I do not walk through with the Father to renew my mind so there'll be no other trip up. Doesn't mean that, that I don't have to turn out away from that moment and gaze into the Father and enable Him to lead me out of this mess. Doesn't mean that I'm not, I'm to be spent about it, but all I know is I'm loved and when I'm loved, I'm picked up by love and love has rescued me and love has cleaned me and love has granted me a hope in the future. So I don't identify with a failure. I don't identify with a trip up, but I only identify with I am loved. And oftentimes and always, actually, always, the only reason that we tripped up is because of lack of a revelation. That was the withering that we looked at. When you know you're loved, untouchable. There's no sin in love. No sin in love. John writes about that in First John. So sin is a lack of revelation of the love of God. That we're allowing something to dominate us that has no right to dominate us anymore because we've been snatched out of that sin nature, the dominion of that sin nature. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. God is love. Ah, God is love. Who is God? God is love. And he who abides in love, whoo, abides in God. And we know Jesus in, in John 15 said that as he abides in the Father's love, we too now, as we abide through the word in light, we're abiding in love. And so now we can walk just like Jesus walked. In love. How did Jesus walk earth? Knowing God loved him in John 17. I know you love me, Father. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. That thrills me. Not only do I abide in him, but he abides in me. What is that? Oneness. One with the Father, taken back to that before the foundation that we just read here in, in John, John 1, face to face with the Father, face to face with God. In the very beginning, face to face, gazing upon one another. Love. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there, and the living expression was with God, yet, was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face in the very beginning. Hallelujah. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existed apart from him. Life came into being because of him. And his life is the light of all humanity. If we go to John 17. When I know I'm loved, there's no struggle. It's very easy to shut down lies and accusations. It's very easy to not give the enemy any attention whatsoever. It's very easy to subdue him, to put him under your feet. But I'm loved. I don't have a care. He loves me. He loves me. This is the words of Jesus. I do not pray for these alone right before his betrayal. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. That's us. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That's the abiding. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. This oneness. Oneness in love. Communicates to the world, God sent Jesus. Having peace with the Father. 
Knowing of love communicates to another, God sent Jesus. Thank God for the passing of tracks and all of it. But there is a higher, a higher testimony that is knowing I'm loved by God. And I've entered into that rest that faith provides to know and to believe that God loves me. Now God lives in me as I live in him. Uh, verse, let's read all of them, 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, and that they may be one, just as we are one. That's the unity of the body of Christ. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. That they may be made perfect in one. Where is my perfection? In the doing better. Where is my perfection? In the love of God. That they may be made perfect in one. That's the maturing of the love of God. And that fully matured love casts out fear to know I'm one with God. If I'm one with God, I can't be one with the devil. If I'm one with God, I can't be one with the trouble. If I'm one with God, I can't be one with whatever is trying to accuse me. Because I'm only one with love. I'm only one with love. There's no darkness in love. I'm only one with light. And where there is light, there's no darkness. If I'm one with light, there's no darkness there. That's the perfection of my faith. The ultimate growing up in faith is knowing I am love. And that's a childlike faith. Dad loves me. Dad loves me. Nothing like that. Persuasion. Of a heart. Nothing can budge you. That's the confidence you had in the beginning when you got born again. Right when he rescued you in your mess. And now, things shifted. Hearts got hard. Well, God is tenderizing all of our hearts. Bring us back to the love of God. So that the world may know, this is the tail end of uh, 23, the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That you love them as you have loved me. And we know in John 13, that's what he, that they'll know us by the love we have one for another. So John 13, 35, by this all will know, Jesus says, that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. We can't have love one for another without revelation of the love of God. Without allowing the Holy Spirit to, Romans 8, communicate the truth of the love of God by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Why? Because we want we won. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Okay, one last in First John. It's how we closed last week. We're going to close this week too. The dominion of the love of God. Love is the conquest. We're spending time on this because there's no way we can take our authority that we have as believers in Christ without the revelation of the love of God. Because our dominion is love. Our dominion is light. Our dominion is truth. Not so much what we say with our mouths. <laughs> it's what we are persuaded by in our hearts. And through this divine persuasion, when I say I am a child of God, darkness flees. Because at that moment I'm saying I am loved by God. First John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. <laughs> I can go so many places, but I'm reining myself in here. Uh, so I want to go to chapter 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. 1 John three twenty three, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. So if we go back to 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, 
that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. They are of love, liberation. You're loved and that's why you, love moves you to keep the truth because love is truth. You already are abiding in it. And as you're abiding in, in love, you're abiding in truth and truth now is producing love to another. Ah, not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And we looked up at these words that three times in, in chapter 4, the same Greek root word was used. Nike, that we use for Nike, just do it, which is victory. So it's whatever's born of God, overcomes is the word overcomes, and then it's the victory, and then has overcome the world. So twice overcome and one time victory, the same verse. What's neat about it is that this is pretty much the so time that these words are used in the New Testament. So here in whoever's born of God overcomes, it's used only twice in the New Testament. This is from the strong references that I'm quoting here. Used only two times. One time is right here. And the other one is Romans 12, 21, where the, um, the CSB translation reads, Do not be conquered or don't be overcome by evil. But what? Overcome evil with good. So what's the conquest? Love. Don't let hatred overcome you. Love is who you are. You shut it down because you're love. Only twice used dominion. Love is dominion. Love is the conquest. And then, so whoever overcomes, so that is of God, it overcomes the world. And this is the victory used only once. Used only once right here. And that word is um, victory, victorious uh, principle, Mm, conquest, success, the one prior that was used uh, two times in the New Testament that in Romans 12 was one of it. I like that. It is the Strong's 3528. It's to conquer, to prevail, and that's how you overcome. You conquer, you prevail. Remember, keeping in mind what avails is new creation. It's faith working through love. I conquer, I am victorious, I have overcome, prevail, subdue. The word study is really neat. It's victory. Nike is victory. Properly conquer, overcome, to carry off the victory, coming off victorious. And this verb implies a battle. It implies a battle. That's why it's a good fight of faith. There is a battle. There is a battle. And those that are fully persuaded... This battle is pure joy. For those that are pure, fully persuaded by this divine utterance of the word of God, that battle is a joy. You got it. I know I got it. I already got it. Love has given it to me. Love has already overcome all. Love in me has already overcome all. I'm born of love. And those that are born of love, born of God, they have already what? Overcome the world. A full assurance. But there is a battle. And the biggest battle is putting down your old man. It's how you lay down your life. Demonstrate the love of God. The third word, did we look at it? No, I don't. It's, it's again the same root word, Nike. It's the victory is one time used. It's right there. That has overcome the world, even our faith. The tail end of verse four. And this is the victory that has overcome this overcome. This word here is used one time again, and it's, again, the same word, to subdue. The world, our faith, which is pistis, based on divine persuasion. And the next verse is pretty neat as well, because who is he who overcomes the world? This overcomes occurs eight times in the New Testament. And they're all used by John. The one time is right here. And the other seven times, the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation. Let's see if we can get those. That is so neat.
and I'll use the one on Revelations 2.7. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, that's the word. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That seven times are in the book of Revelation that Jesus uses. And the one time John writes in in 1 John 5, flip over to 5.18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God, what? Keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Keeps himself. It's again the same word that we read in the beginning of 1 John and in John 2, 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Whoever guards the word, the love of God is perfected in them. This is how you keep yourself. It's in the love of God. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps, that is again, to watch over himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Love keeps me. When I know I'm loved, I keep myself. I keep myself and I live life only to God. I don't yield my members as vessels of unrighteousness, but I yield myself to God because I know God loves me. Glory to God. We're done. Thank you. Ha <laughs> ha.